Hello, it's Friday, December 1st, and welcome to episode 280 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI Senior Fellow Morgan Vigna, and I'm joined here today by NSI Executive Director Jamil Jaffer. In person, all four of us. NSI Oops. Deputy Executive Director Jessica Jones, and my fellow Senior Fellow, Lester Munson. Check out the inside of his jacket. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, Fancy stuff. Smart. All right. This weekend, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute will host the annual Reagan National Defense Forum. This is the 10th anniversary of the conference, which brings together leaders from across the political spectrum and key stakeholders in the defense community, including members of Congress, current and former administration officials, senior military leadership, industry executives, technology innovators, and thought leaders. The mission of the conference is to review and assess policies that strengthen America's national defense and offers the defense community a chance to come together to discuss and debate how the United States can lead the world. The conference is always a who's who in the national security world. This year is no different. NSI will be there, notably. Um, but we've also got General Brown, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Senator Roger Wicker. New, the new chairman of the, the Joint Chiefs. The new chairman, recently confirmed chairman chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, um, Senator Roger Wicker, ranking member of SASC, Senator Joni Ernst, former SECDEF Leon Panetta, and former NSA Robert O'Brien. NSI will, as I mentioned, will be well represented with Jamil, Les, Jess, and John Lipsy attending. I will be hanging back, trying and likely failing to convince my three-year-old daughter to tell Santa what she wants for Christmas this year. Jamil, the conference's panel focuses on addressing some of the most complex uh, national security challenges today. They range from AI to reforming the defense industrial base to force readiness. What do you expect to hear from the folks participating in this year? Well, here's what I'm worried we're not going to hear, which is how does the U.S. make a massive investment in our defense budget, right? We are facing today two conflicts uh, in various parts of the globe, the Middle East, Europe. We have a budding conflict in the Indo-Pacific with China. This is a, These are very real threats that are on our doorstep now, not later. And we're not making the kind of investments in our defense base that we need to fight the conflicts of the future, much less the conflicts of today. Our stocks have been drawn down. There's not bipartisan support in Congress to refill those stocks, which, by the way, would create American jobs, create American innovation here and we're not even investing in that. It is crazy. Um, and I worry that we're going to be at this conference. Everyone's going to talk about innovation and change and force readiness. We're suffering huge deficits in our capability to to not only fund our force, but to field our forces because we're not getting the right kind of recruitment we need. This is a fundamental culture problem in this country about service and about national service and about serving in the military um, and the intelligence community that's been created by a decay of the rule of law, fomented in part by some of our leaders, and this is a real problem. So, Les, anything to add here? Do you think this is going to be more about admiring the problem rather than finding practical solutions to fixing them? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, good question, Morgan. I, I actually find myself largely agreeing with Jamil. That oh, never I, I happens. Would, I know, and so I'm a little concerned. Uh, I might phrase it in a different way. I think uh, for folks on the right, the battle has always been between uh, the internationalist wing of the Republican Party and this more isolationist, Jacksonian, Trumpian wing of the party. Right now, that debate is manifest in a person, uh, Bridge Colby is a good example of this, who says we should just focus on China, not worry so much about <laughs> Ukraine or the Middle East. I think that's a huge mistake. Well, to and be you, fair, and Bridge cannot, isn't an isolationist, right, to be fair, right? I mean, he says we should focus I, on one I, I didn't call him an isolationist, but he, he's the one who articulates this 
kind of non-internationalist approach and that we should just worry about China and marshal our resources I accordingly. Think, I don't think that's a fair should, description. I, well, I, then, then let's have a debate about it. Uh, there, that debate is not, is, is not going to be at this. I don't see this debate happening at the Reagan Defense Forum. I would like to see a vigorous discussion between kind of this bridge Colby China only wing and the more uh, U.S. leadership in the globe approach that was personified in the late great Henry Kissinger. Kissinger had a kind of a tenuous relationship with Reagan. That's you know we're going to the Reagan Defense Forum. That's that's the the sweet spot. That's the real fault line in the Republican Party is between these internationalists and these more the more Jacksonian approach. That's the debate that needs to happen. And I want to see folks. There's some terrific people at this event. Mike Mike Gallagher, friend of the podcast, terrific guy young up-and-coming national security leader is the kind of person who should be elevated to talk about this this bigger debate. And he's, I, on and the I second, he's on the second panel at this conference. He should be given the keynote. I don't really want to hear from Lloyd Austin with all due respect to his terrific service to our country. He's not the intellectual leader that we need to have this debate. He's not the, he's not the foil we need. We need, to, we need to settle things on the right, fix this problem that we have had for the last eight years or so, and move forward. This is a bipartisan event, though, Les. It's not just for the right to figure sure, out. Sure, 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 sure. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, there are more, there are more yeah. administration appointees yeah. here than there are Republicans. I mean, I, it's, well, I don't... And Reagan, I don't, by the way, Reagan's view on national defense was a very bipartisan view. I mean, this is the Scoop Jackson wing, the Democratic Party, the Reagan view, the Republican Party. It is no that longer is, it is no longer today, a bipartisan view. That's right. The Biden administration approach to foreign policy in the world is it should not be the thing that we're pivoting on. We've got to sort things out on the right side of the aisle, on the right side of the ideological spectrum, in order to successfully engage as crit- critics of loyal opposition to the Biden administration. I don't see that yet. I would like to see that this weekend. All right. So, Jess, what does NSI have in store for this weekend? What are we going to be doing while we're in Simi Valley? Yeah, we're doing a lot. But before I get I just, when it comes to the agenda, because it's, it's packed, I think it's interesting that they're kicking off the event talking about polling. To Jamil's point earlier, all of these panels, all these topics need support from the public. They need the public understanding why these national security topics are important, why they need to understand them, why they need to be financed, right? Totally. And so we're kicking off with polling, but I wonder how much of these panels, to Jamil's point, are realistically going to actually be, regardless of what's you know discussed, actually movement's going to happen, right? Um, with the public, you mean? With the public, yeah. with their with the leaders that represent them, right? And I do think it's, you know, that promoting peace through strength, we talk a lot on the show how the U.S. is losing its leverage with, you know, Turkey, with South Africa, with these traditional partners. And that's not really covered in any of these topics, right? Like our diminishing leverage with traditional allies and partners. And so I find that interesting. Um, I'm not sure it's our fault on Turkey sure or South a, Africa. But the fact that it's not acknowledged and it's not discussed, how do we change that? How do we address that? How do we how do we begin to reverse that, right? Like that's not on this agenda. And we talk a lot about it on the show. Um, so our show, we're, we're going to be there recording live, which is going to be awesome. Um, like you pointed out, Neil, Les, and I, and John Lipsy, um, we're going to you know uh, record a bunch of interviews with six bipartisan leaders across, whether it's industry, the Hill, um, you know, innovation, the administration, um, on how we are seeing kind of growing collaboration between global adversaries, um, between um, global oppressors, right? The China, Iran's, North Korea's, which, you know, Russia, for sure, that we talk about, and how they see it through their lens and what they're doing to address it. And, you know, maybe the ideas that we haven't seen in the headlines yet that they're aware of that we need to start talking about. Got it. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Devlin Burning, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday, December 3rd, for a special series of interviews that were recorded at RNDF. 
Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. With all of us in person. All of us in person, <laughs> at Jamil's request. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and, uh, and subscribe, but only say nice things. <laughs> <laughs>